Hello and welcome to another episode of Anatomical Precision. I'm your host, Michael Klein. And I'm here with me... Chris Schlegel. (laughs) Beautiful. And we're going to do a little bit of a mini-episode today, hopefully a lot shorter than our last one. And we're going to be talking about the Old Jake's House app. I went to the event recently. I want to talk about my games, for Schlegel to sleep... Uh, talk about the cool people and the cool event and how that went. Uh, and then with that, maybe a little bit of a discussion about flexibility in one's game plan and one's lineup, what that means and how that can be kind of helpful for doing well competitively. So, Shilego, have you had any recent games? Uh, no, I have been in a complete dry patch right now. Uh, between school, taking field trips to Missouri on the weekend, and then to Kentucky this weekend, and more or less just haven't gotten around to getting any games in. But I've been eyeballing the rat catchers like at least twice a day to make sure that I'm paying any attention to them. To make sure they're still there. Yeah, making they're, sure they're, they're still, still there, there and uh, when they release like next week. What is going to be the first lineup that you put on the field with the legitimate uh, like guild in your hand, no proxies? It's going to be the Rat Catcher's box of six, plus or minus uh, Skulk. And if minus Skulk, then it'll be Veteran Graves. Depending on the uh, lineup, like if, if, you need the, um, if you need the flexibility of killing a, uh, not killing a, ball but like getting harassing a striker that's when you want skulk Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely if there's going to be any action with the striker you want uh you want skulk in there nice and how are you feeling are you still committed to uh rats 2018 rats for uh spring fling yes i think uh they're gonna be a lot better for me as a uh guild than what I was messing around with on the previous cast, which was the Brewers, uh, because they're, I don't know, I feel like they're better at playing an aggro game and just being okay with dying and coming back. They're significantly more okay, okay with it. Like doing kind of like a, a peace trading game? Yeah, they're very peace trady. Nice. Yeah, definitely definitely excited to see them on the other side. It's going to be fun to see how they work. I do like the fact that you have kind of a pretty solid like fighting team, and then all of a sudden, randomly, it's like uh, Piper with his goal scoring. Yeah, it's... So. I don't know. My experiences playing them in the like two games, three games I've had, it's been like getting those first turn actions when you receive so that you can pass the ball around and get Pelage and scourge up the field and fighting people. It's really fun in that aspect. So nice. That is definitely, uh, you've been playing what union recently? Uh huh. Yes. I've been playing union. How's that been going for you? I heard you won something with that. How's that? Oh, spoilers, man. Oh. Um, Never mind. Yeah, Spoiler so, alert. Well, How have what... this been going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
yeah, so I guess um, I'll jump into union thoughts more generally after, but I guess well, let's just jump right into the how's that. So this past weekend in Greenville, South Carolina, there was the old Jake's how's that, which ended up being, after all said and done with some like last-minute no-shows and dropouts and stuff, I think was 50 players, which is pretty darn awesome. Um, and I was the only one from outside of regional so that's that's 49 players between like north carolina south carolina and georgia and maybe i don't even think there was any virginia i think it was just those states oh and a couple of florida so florida uh the carolinas and georgia um so 50 players it was uh yeah pretty awesome I think I might I might have mentioned this story. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast, but originally, so Pete uh, from the Rage Quit Wire podcast had been asking me to go down to uh, Old Jake's The How's That for quite a while. And I kept telling him, oh, I'll give it a try, but I'm not sure. Wedding's coming up. Uh, Spring Fling is nearby, etc. So I wasn't quite sure, and I looked at originally looked at flights into Columbia, South Carolina, and they were way too expensive. So I told them, no, not going to happen. Um, and, you know, but I think one day I was just feeling a little, you know, bored or just looking hopeful or something like that. And I went back on to kayak.com and found a bunch of flights that were a lot cheaper, and I was really surprised. And so I convinced uh, my fiancé to get one for me as a as a birthday present so to justify it felt great and i was ready to go and i tell pete hey i'm coming come pick me up in columbia turns out the flight was to charlotte north carolina i found this out about maybe one week before the event uh luckily because pete had asked me when where i landed um so i had to quickly scramble and rent a car and all of that originally i was supposed to land at about eleven thirty, and i wasn't gonna make it in to greenville until like almost two in the morning but luckily i ended up getting out uh switching my flight to an earlier flight and making it making it in at a decent hour so got in um hung out at uh, and ended up staying at one of the local players mike rhodes uh, his house which is really great thanks shout out to him for being awesome host and having guys over his uh, house for the weekend um yeah met some really cool people rick pete joe and mike um were just one south carolina well two south carolina guys and two florida guys we kind of just hung out uh played a couple of games into with rick and i'm going to actually talk about I think I want to really shout out Rick for uh, he was said he was a newer player or new-ish but didn't have a big meta and um, he asked he like specifically called me out for games that night before and he was like I just really want to get better I really want to do well I you know I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do well tomorrow but I just want to learn um, so we played two games he had his blacksmith and I was playing vet rage. Um, and they were, they were good games. I won both of them, but we definitely talked through all the options, and I showed him how to do the super aggro blacksmith kickoff and why it was good. And, yeah, we ended up staying up till pretty late just uh, just playing, which was which was great. Um, and slight spoiler, he ended up doing really well on the day. So, uh, yeah. That was, yeah, he ended up going four and two. 
and one of his two losses was against me. So <laughs> in the actual event, so he did really well. I what was, really what was he playing? I might have missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, blacksmiths, and no, it was really good. And he and him, he was tied for the highest score against me on the day um, with eight points. So that was really yeah, he played a really good game <laughs> in our game. Well. Uh, let me let me go to so day of the event uh drive down the like 10 15 minutes from the house to the brewery old jakes was at um this awesome brewery called birds fly south and it's basically if you imagine it's like this old it's actually an old train station but it basically is like uh, like a little industrial building complex a bunch of like storage right garages and stuff like that that are all like hollowed out um and turned into like all these different yuppie uh facilities like there's a craft axe throwing place right next door and a yoga place and a very 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 non-authentic but very delicious taco place you know doing all the yuppie kind of crazy tacos um and the brewery so it was really great we had an awesome space um and get in there 50 guys all the tables show uh are lined up the brewery didn't open until 10 a.m so we had to we had to start the game before we actually and finish finish the game before we could actually go and start getting beer um but yeah just i mean quick shout out to jake smith who ran the event was very well organized registration was handled quickly um everybody was ready to go they explained how the beer was going to work how the rest of the event was going to work and we managed to end up doing six rounds in you know, and being done within a day before midnight the next you know, the next day. So that's pretty impressive. So um, uh, go for it. So beer started round two then? Well, so <laughs> for me, yes, yes. The answer is yes. It started right at the end of round one. Um, I didn't go crazy on the day. I know some people definitely do it, but I was pretty consistent, you know, drinking, and I think everybody was more or less – in that same boat um one per game it's a good pace i almost <laughs> i had five yeah i had five so it was basically one per game yeah one per game less. after uh, every game after after yeah, I, opened so I think up. one before <laughs> yeah one yeah one before each uh before each game is what i'd say yeah um <laughs> but yeah it was it was really great uh cool one of the coolest things is that i really loved uh they had two things, which I think are actually great prize support for uh, a big event like this. They had custom Chessex How's uh, That dice, two different kinds. One with the like How's That kind of logo that was designed um, that does beautiful like cream and gold color. And he gave some of those out in the swag bags, which were the swag bags were really cool with all these little widgets and different dice bags and all this stuff. But um there was so there's a you can't you got like six or seven or something like that eight maybe eight dice to begin with but then every game you played he just went around and handed more dice out to people and the whole point of that was to encourage people not to drop even if they were losing because each game you played you got more dice um additionally for every beer you drank you showed the beer to the to one of the tos or judges that were helping out and they would give you these other dice that were this like bluish color bluish maybe a greenish color but blue primarily bluish color with the brewery logo um on the on the sixth side which was really cool uh and it's like the little it's a little bird 
uh, and yeah, so that was awesome, and that was the really cool tie-in to like, hey, support this brewery, get the beer that you want to be drinking anyway, um, and you get cool things out of it. So I think that was a really genius way to to incorporate, yeah, like that's supporting some, the event and playing. Yeah, that's some cool prize support because I mean, everybody's going to be able to use dice. And yeah, it's I, all, at yeah. least have one of uh, every die you come across. That way you have this nice little collection somewhere in a cup. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, also, I'm not going to lie, I started using them at the end. They rolled really well, so <laughs> I'm happy about that. Pretty happy about that. Um, they came in when they needed to. Anyway, so... Uh, my games. Uh, I was playing Union. Quickly, my lineup was uh, Vet Rage, Solo Vet, Vet Rage, along with uh, both mascots, uh, Coin and Strongbox. And I'll talk at the end about why I didn't even need Strongbox. Uh, and then it was Gutter, Benediction, Mist, um, Hemlock, Decimate. Minx and Grace. I think that's all the models there. Um, so single captain ended up playing just one mascot on the day um, and actually five of my six slots were the same every time and I just rotated out uh, the sixth player depending on what I needed. So it was either Hemlock or Decimate or uh, Minx. So um, <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about it but that kind of goes towards the way I like to have my lineups i mean it depends on the team for sure but it felt really really comfortable really easy to kind of make decisions because i knew what i wanted to bring 99.9 percent .9 of the time and then i can adjust from there what i felt was necessary or what would be helpful right um yeah so round one I got matched up against a, what seemed like a much more casual, newer, uh, not newer necessarily, but much more casual player named Chris. A uh, really nice guy, but uh, he, you could tell he was a little, uh, little, little down in the dumps to be playing uh, someone who was like, you know, super into it round one. So we, we ended up just having a really quick game. Uh, he brought ox butchers, and I brought, uh, I brought my union, obviously, and. Uh, he just missed scored goals because he's like, I don't want to play with the ball. You can go score and win the game. I just want to try to kill one of your models. And he got missed. So uh, it was good. <laughs> it was a fun game. So we ended up finishing pretty quickly and then running over and grabbing the, I think we were the first people that were actually playing game to get beers. So, you know, <laughs> I consider that a win-win. So what kind of beer was this? <laughs> uh, this one was called Purple Cell Phone. And it was uh, an IPA, a really good IPA. I'm a big IPA fan. Um, and uh, it was purple color due to some um, some random flower that they said that they added in. Uh, Radioactive like a, mistakes. Yeah. No, it was delicious. <laughs> it, uh, it had like a... Uh, ra they like had like a raspberry tartness, so you had like the bitter and then so, like a fruity tartness. It was delicious. It was good. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm so asking yeah, the really two. important questions here. 
I mean, yeah, the beer is the most important question. I won't be able to remember every round. I do remember that I had purple cell phone at least two times because <laughs> um, so, it was that good. Um, so, yeah, round two, I played Rick against his blacksmith. Um, and, you know, I had the advantage this, this round just of we had already played. And, I mean, he knew what I was going to do, but he also knew what I, you know, had given him as a strategy. So we... we you know, he tried his, uh, he was trying to kind of switch it up and uh, do something surprising. And, I mean, he went for the one-die alloy go- uh, goal on turn one, um, which he got. So, good for him on that. Um, I think his big mistake here, which we talked about right after the game, is he got that goal. Um, and he should have kind of just committed the one to two players that he was going to lose Um between the bottom of the turn one and top of turn two and just totally just disengaged and tried to reset. But instead he, you know, he had a, an iron with influence on him. who was his last activation because he had already gone with alloy and he's like, he felt that like kind of need to go in, need to do something. And he ended up, you know, doing some inconsequential stuff with iron to then um, set up a, basically a almost six point, activation with rage top of two basically rage goes in bottom of one gets alloy down super low and maybe does an attack to iron i'm not quite sure uh but then top of two legendaries kills both of them and goes into ferrite with uh inputs like good amount of damage on her so she ends up like getting her activation in but she can't really get away and uh you know and dies later in the turn so um, he ends up getting another goal, but I think at that point it was I had gotten the six points. I think I I forget the order in which it happens, but I'm pretty sure I end up getting uh, another takeout and another goal, another goal or something like that. Um, but really good game, and Rick Rick was an awesome dude. Uh, I don't know how he was even feeling okay. He he had drank a lot the day before, and uh, we stayed up late and played and then he woke up but the morning was feeling super hung over and uh you know not not feeling good i think he almost threw up in the morning but uh we went to ihop you know the place where you get really great breakfasts and that really soothes your stomach and he just ordered like this huge burrito with everything uh not burrito uh omelet with everything on it and um somehow that worked for him we were all like dude don't don't eat that <laughs> you're already not feeling good it's not gonna help but he made it so iron stomach all right we're back we had a little bit of a technical difficulty and i lost chris which is probably why he was even more silent than normal um but we were just i was just rambling on about uh about my games and going into round three where i played against josh white uh, I feel like I've heard really that name before. player I'm from not South sure. Carolina who I've actually played before at uh, Gen Con in 2016. Uh, and he was playing... Yeah, he's now top nice. engineers player in the U.S. Um, after after uh, last weekend's tournament, after the How's That. So, and he's a really nice guy. So I really enjoyed... Yeah, I really enjoyed playing against him. We got to get another game in. Um... But unfortunately for him, he was playing Ballista into Engine into Vet Rage, which I is still the worst matchup for me. One of the hardest ones I've lost it many times. 
as the on the other side and it kind of went to pretty exactly how I it happens when I lose the game on the other side um, he fired at me he did some damage I get to melee kind of towards the bottom of turn two um, and then I just generate momentum and heal all my players and then start killing him um, and I think he overcommitted Ballista a little bit. He kind of left him in a spot where um, he was... I was able to get, like, two, three models ending the turn within, like, walk, walk or charge range of him. Um, so he had to activate first. And um, he couldn't really walk. I mean, he could have walked away, but he would have done really nothing. And I had the ball, so it would have basically just been a dead turn for him and i could have still gotten into one or two other models so it wouldn't have really like delayed too much um and i had positioned vet rage to be directly in front of benediction or not directly but enough in front of benediction where he wasn't dead bolting me anywhere um and he had he had forgotten that uh that vet rage was stand had stand firm on him turn uh one so he went to dead bolt him at the last activation of the turn. Oh, man. And uh, he did, but I already prepared for the push, so I didn't go anywhere. And then he's like, oh, and you're knocked down. And I was like, nope. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that that kind of made it a bad position. He was assuming that I was going to be knocked down, and he can go into me while I was knocked down, but I was not. So, uh, yeah, the game ends up grinding out on two clock. We both end up clocking, but uh, I was up and... Um, he clocked first, so I ended up pulling that one out. The funny thing is nobody touched the ball in that game until like four minutes before our time was up for each of us. I mean, I had the ball <laughs> at some point, but like nowhere. It was completely dead for everybody. And not even on purpose. Like, I mean, I didn't throw the ball into the – it wasn't like I made a choice to kill it. I wanted to get a goal. Um like just when I had on one of the turns where I was winning the fight pretty hard so I can like guarantee I go first and, and get the second goal um, but nope he played really well at uh, threatening the ball so I had to just keep killing it <laughs> um, I think it also hurt that on turn what was it yeah turn three something like there was a turn where after Ballista had died and Ratchet had died where Mist had the ball kind of in his left-hand corner, um, and I go first, and he brings them back on, and I can, you know, um, charge over to Ballista, and I just needed to generate one momentum, and I would have been in tapping range, but between the one, two, two attacks, couldn't couldn't get more than one hit on a 3-1, um, so uh, that was pretty unfortunate. <laughs> so I ended up having to just... Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, go for it. I can't stand counting on a four tech model to try and get two hits well, after. But armor. it was eight tech on the charge. That's why I charged. I was like, I don't care. Even if he defensive stands, it would be fine for me. But no, I don't know. Still don't trust it. I know. I know. Maybe it's maybe it's my uh, fact that the. Two I have access to, and the guilds I play is uh, Angel and Bonesaw. <laughs> um, that's not doing any, any favors. Yeah, for sure. So I, I ended up having. So when that happened, instead of scoring the goal like I wanted to, I had to kick the ball 
with Miss Last Influence into the other corner. So it went from the left corner to the right corner of the field because I was like, screw that. <laughs> if I can't score a goal, you can't score a goal. Um, yeah, but it was a good game. Josh was a really good, uh, really good opponent. So I enjoyed playing and talking to him afterwards. So Three rounds in, feeling good. Uh, the score for that one was 12-8. Um, again. So... Round four. Round four was Allen. Uh, Allen, I don't remember his last name, but from Georgia, plays with Brian. Allen Bradley, I that think. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I've played him a couple times. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy. We've played We've played before. Um, I can't tell you where, but we've played before, for sure. I don't know which event it was, <laughs> but we've definitely played before. Probably Spring Flame or something. Um, I remember I've played them at uh, Gen Con and the Bourbon Trail Open. Oh, it could have been Gen Con. But could have been Gen Con. Yeah, it could have been Gen Con. Uh, anyway, so he was playing as Hunters, and I finally got to play against... Uh, this is a quick side note. The field was... I didn't know the exact uh, count at the day of, although I could probably just look it up on Longshanks and figure it out. But uh, it was definitely very, very Hunters... Uh, Hunters focused going into this event. The Southeast players really love their hunters. So, um, yeah, that was, I was excited and everybody, you know, they were big on like, they were really pushing how good the, the hunters are. So, yeah, there's a uh, seven yeah. hunters in the old Jake's house. Yeah, seven hunters, uh, which is the most of any guild. It is the most. And of the other ones I'm looking at, like Union, which had six, I think three or four of those players were like super yeah. new, never had played a tournament, and like were on their like couple of first games. Um, so. Then six Butchers and, and Union. And kind of like evens out. Yeah, it was pretty even. I mean, every guild had at least three people, which is great. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, anyway, so I'm playing against his uh, hunters. He brings Theron, a pretty standard Theron, Hearn, Fahad, uh, Jaycar, uh, Egret, and am I at six players yet? Was there as a role in there? Chaska. There was. A, no, there, <laughs> I think that yeah, there was a Chaska. There was Chaska. That's the last one. Um, and uh, yeah, and kind of did just i advanced up and you know he started putting out some damage but uh he tried to go after mist who had the ball um i had pushed mist up a little bit thinking that um you know i would bait him to go in for the snipe and if he missed it he could try to go for it again but i really didn't care if he got it because i was totally fine with not scoring the goal and kind of just holding the ball and missed and scoring it on a turn when it was convenient. But he ended up missing um, the snipe. And I th- either I think he missed the pin. I forget how exactly it happened. And I forget the detail. This game's a little fuzzy for me. But he, he missed one or two character plays onto missed. And that really kind of screwed him over um, pretty hard. Um, don't I mean It just made it so that I could do you know i didn't even have to kind of wait um or like you know do anything like heal mist or get snared off i kind of just got to score when i felt like it take out there on when i felt like it 
etc. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a really good game. It was a really good opponent. It ended up being 12-4. 12-4 sounds right. I think he got a goal with J-Car sounds, uh, sounds right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, hunters are definitely good. I don't, I don't think they're bad or, um, or, you know, they definitely have a lot of tools nowadays with new Theron and stuff like that. So really, uh, really enjoyed playing against them. But I do get, one of my locals does play, uh, hunters and I play against him quite decently regularly. So I felt like I was pretty prepared. Speaking of, has uh, we haven't talked about uh, veteran minx yet? Yeah, do you want to do How that? How do you down? think she does for it? Oh, I mean, for the um, for that matchup or for the hunters in general? Or the both? hunters in general, I guess we should go. Yeah, uh, take a break at round four. Yeah, take a that's break. a good time to have dinner. <laughs> yeah, break at round four. <laughs> um, no, I think veteran minx is fantastic. Uh, I think she's a really strong model that's well designed while staying relatively simple i mean as simple as you're gonna get for a hunter um and i think they did what steamforge did in this cycle of players is they did they created players with good fundamentals for the most part um i mean hemlock may be a little bit of an exception although she still has great things like a momentous tackle on one and two inch melee which is is it one i think it's one looking at yeah it's on what um so but they just yeah they you have these models with all all of them have two inch melee so far they have uh good reliable playbooks that have good results yeah i think the uh tackle on two is really good for her and uh and momentous Momentous two on two is always a great great deal for um damage dealers. I think consistency is better than uh better than like spiking up. Yeah, and momentous dodge on one with two inch reach and seven nine movement and a three six kick. Oh yeah, it is a three six, it's not a two six. Well how about that? I must have been thinking about uh, Hemlock. About, yeah, no, she's she's excellent. Like, I just, I mean, everything on her on her card is super uh, value. It's just so much value. It's so much fan value. Um, Blessing I mean, to some so, Yeah, go for midnight it. offerings just like so so much cash money. Uh, that's the one I'm most excited to use with Hemlock if I was to play morts and not play rats 2018 all the time um just jump jumping right over from minx to hemlock eh, whatever we're doing man <laughs> I, uh, I guess i don't know blind like everybody loves blind and people are better than me and love blind but i miss it every time that it's important so i don't trust blind I mean, yeah, all, I mean, blind is still good, even if you miss it. That's, doesn't make it not good. Mm, until you miss it. And so Hemlock has the benefit of being able to miss a blind and then get back to safety, which is something that the other blinders can't do. Sure. So I guess she's got that going for her. That's pretty nice. 
Um, but back to Minx, I was going to say, since we were talking Minx and Hunters, uh, it's just everything on her cart is so fantastic. And, like, she has the efficiency. Yes, she's not furious, but she can make other models more efficient. And she can, um, you know, bless, which is fantastic. And she gets really kind of pseudo tanky uh, when you're attacking damaged models or when you're in with damaged models. Yeah, I think I think the uh, mark for death efficiency is gonna. I don't know. It's like it approaches the efficiency that original Minx had, but from a completely different angle. Instead of just being a one piece that you can give nothing to and get work out of, it's one piece you got to give something, but it'll make everybody else more efficient. And yeah, I mean the thing you pretty much all the all of Hunter's best like damage dealers don't have good like don't have the discounted charges like they got the discounted charges on cena and fahad which are i mean okay yeah i mean it still (laughs) makes fahad go it still makes fahad go further which is great um and you shouldn't i mean and cena's i mean not that good but even so still goes further but like, just because you have some furious models doesn't mean the Mark for Death isn't amazing. Mark for Death on Theron, Mark for Death with uh, Jcar are like ridiculous, ridiculous. They do so much damage. Being able to so one yeah, go for it. One thing, uh, my uh, one of my locals was asking me about this morning was um, if I think veteran minks like helps bring. Uh, veteran Hearn to the table more often. And um, go for it. Mike, I guess my conclusion was like, so I've, I'm really a big fan of original Hearn, uh-huh. but I think this means being able to give him the blessing and then he can also last light himself and then he's going to make a pretty good efficiency, especially if he can charge in for one influence charging mm-hmm. like eight inches or ten inches if it's through rough ground anywhere with a two sure. inch melee on top of those like might be the one time that I'm finally starting to like come around to veteran Hearn and it I think between the two of them with low tackles it could help skew the uh, hunters more towards the goal game that the uh, second box of hunters, the f- winner people, kind of like tried to do, but didn't yeah. do much of. Yeah, it's got the steam, sure. Yeah, I think a, a interesting lineup if you wanted to. I mean, I think the cool thing is Veteran Mix is good in any of the lineups. She definitely helps there on a ton in his lineup. But if you wanted to do Scatha, um, mascot, I mean, I think even snow would be great although it might be hard to fit in the 10 but scotha mascot vet me uh vet mix vet hern j car um and then whatever model for the fourth model i don't know egret or, or doesn't matter um i mean or no or is a roller or something like that but anyway yeah, as a roller would probably be the model you have access to a blessing um you have a fast, a super fast model. You have 
Midnight Offering, you have more dodges from Skatha. You have a couple models with decent tackles and decent uh, goal scoring abilities. Yeah. And you still can, I mean, with J Carr and Vet Minx and Vet Hearn, you can still get, you know, a takeout or two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. There, It's going to be pretty good. Not going to be the team I play when the Exiles come out. That still goes to, um, right now, Brewers and then TBD, depending on what uh, Veteran Harry does. But, uh, and I mean, and also uh, and also Hemlock is going to be pretty cool for, for Mortz. But more likely it will be Brewers once Vet Decimate comes out, so... Uh, but still, I'm far more interested in playing hunters than I was before. That's yes. I mean, so that is one uh, definite positive. But at the same time, I'm far more interested in playing butchers and brewers as well. So there's gonna I be think a lot the of exiles choices. all around have just been making me want to play more things that are not rats. But I got to stick to it. Uh yeah, I know it's gonna be hard. <laughs> I mean, you have the advantage is you have like a month before they come out where you're just going to be playing rats. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Uh, lunch break over, on to round five. Yeah, lunch break over, on to round five. Uh, so round five, I played against Mike, Drunken Master Rhodes. Uh, he was playing his butchers, and he was playing filet. Uh, and we had a really good game, and Mike's a really great player and a really nice guy. Um Basically, he had yeah a very interesting. Um, so he chose to he received it. He chose to completely kill the ball on uh, right on original brisket by running her straight into the corner, um, into or well not into some cover but nearby some cover, uh, which was interesting. And I think he expected me to go in and do something with mist. Which who had kicked off, um, at the end of the turn, which, I mean, I could have done, but it just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I did, it wouldn't have really accomplished anything. I think he thought though I was going to try to generate momentum. Instead, I just used those four influence on mist to, you know, acrobatic shadow like from uh, benediction and sprint ten inches uh, from cover into. Uh, into cover nearby uh, Odesmate, uh, not Odesmate, oh, uh, original brisket in the corner. And we then stood there for about two and a half turns, tackling the ball back and forth from each other and not scoring. And then eventually, <laughs> yeah, eventually end up scoring out of it. But, uh, or no, eventually he ends up kicking the ball off the pitch because he needed it back live. And I end up scoring after that. But, um, but yeah, so it was an interesting choice, and like I could see why you might want to do that. I had the better striker, and it's fighting teams, but uh, ultimately it ended up just being a player for a player off the field, and the ball was more live for me than it was for him, I think, because all I needed to do is tackle the ball with if I ever got if I ever got the tackle with missed before my last influence, I could just. Um, go ahead and you know walk over to the goal and score um so yeah anyway but that game was really interesting i think it highlighted the weakness of the butchers he did this great little gambit where he threw meat hook into um 
melee with both gutter, a fully loaded gutter and a fully loaded vet rage, and got the scything blow up on the off on the charge after tooling up uh, fillet, um, and then of course, you know, vet rage promptly went and killed uh, meat hook, but the issue was. I didn't know where to go because I had two models that were hooked um, that were bleeding um, that were very, 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 very killable by Filet. And I, yes, I had got my two points, but I didn't want to lose two models. So I could have just ran um, Vet Rage away and just let him kill Gutter in return, which would have been okay, but Gutter had four influence on her. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. So I decided to make a pretty bold risky move and just with the free charge I got at the uh, that I still had after killing meat hook charge into fillet and um and I you know got a decent amount of damage and I was able to charge uh while positioning myself in cover um but he basically sets up the rest of the turn to go and I think what I had done is I had killed yeah I had sorry not killed I had knocked down full Filet, maybe I did something to Filet that was um, made it so she couldn't go right away because he needed to generate some momentum. Um, so it must have knocked her down or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's not too unlikely for veteran rage to knock down Filet. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I, you know what it was though, because he was also out of melee. So I must have actually had two attacks. I must have had the charge and one more. Because I think I knocked her down out of melee and pushed her, or sorry, knocked her down and then pushed her out of melee. It had to be something like that because, um, yeah, I remember her being knocked down and out of melee, which is super important for what was coming up. So he sets up his turn. He gets a crowd at her too. I do some, um, I do some other things, or maybe I had done it with another, with like benediction or something. Had went and like knocked her down or pushed her out of melee or something like that. But point being, um, she she goes. And, um, you know, the heroic's up on Vet Rage. And she spends momentum to stand up. She has a full stack. She's tooled up. Rage. I think I had either... I think I had taken the bleed off, but he had taken some damage from a boiler or something. Or some meat hook or some other model. So he was definitely super killable. Um, and he goes in and I, you know, declare the counter, um, smart you know he takes the smart play and is able to uh hit a dodge uh when he hits vet rage he's able to hit enough where he can dodge two inches to get out of benedictions melee which turns off the two bonus dice i was getting from that uh between bloody coin and uh his crowd his gang up um but ultimately i'm still able to bonus time a six die attack into her and i you know hit the three fives I needed, which is about a 31% chance and knock her down and her activation's over. And that was like a hundred percent game over at that point. Yeah. Um, had he, you know, had that not happened, he definitely kills vet rage and it's a game, uh, definitely a different game completely. Uh, I still think I would have been okay with that. Uh, cause I had my models in decent positions. I don't think he would have been able to kill anything else. And, Still had a fully loaded gutter who ended up doing stuff, but it definitely was huge that he didn't do that because uh, I was basically able to go ahead and kill Filet the next turn with Bet Rage and 
do a bunch of other really nasty stuff and kill models. So he was a little frustrated, as it, and understandably so. But that kind of highlights the issue. You know, you put six on fillet, and if you've already had to stand up with momentum and walk into melee with somebody, if you can't knock them down and they knock you down, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's really just been. The butcher's issue until Gutter comes out with her two-inch melee and four influence cap. Yep, Gutter. It's just, Gutter will help. hey, I got a bad counterattack. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but it was it was, it was was a good game. He was a great opponent. Great guy, either. You know, even, even when he was getting frustrated. But you know what? I can just tell him maybe he should play different guild next time. <laughs> That's, uh, nah, nah. No, nah, no. Nah. As long as the next time. Oh yeah, as long as the next time it's post gutter. As long as the next time gutter comes out, like, nah, you can stick to butchers. Oh, of course, no, butchers are great, and I mean, mean, (laughs) like, you could still play around. Like, it's just you have to accept that kind of variance and that risk. um, Yeah, that's your game. If dice will tilt you, then (laughs) butchers are probably not the best spot. Sure. Nor are like shark fish. Um, so yeah, so that was the fifth round. So, so far, so good. Uh, I think that game ended up being 12-3, something. Not sh- quite sure. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really good. And I was, uh, that was, oh, I was a pair down in that event. So I forced everybody, uh, it was 12-3. Uh, that, that forced everybody to a sixth round and I get to play, um, rematch against my nemesis uh, another great guy uh, amazing player brian white and he was uh he was playing masons team i know well and funny enough he even though he had other models on his tray he it was i had noticed and he is commenting we were commenting on it he played the kickoff six the entire event and didn't change a model because he you know he hasn't played been playing a ton of games in general we talked about this afterwards and he was just like i feel comfortable with the kickoff six i remember what they do <laughs> like i i know how to <laughs> i know how to play them i don't want to try things um which was was funny uh probably probably a little bit to his detriment in our game um that that was the lineup that he was kind of sticking with but uh yeah so going into that last round feeling what do you like, think you'd change about the uh, since you play a lot um, of masons? What do you think you'd change about it? I mean, if you're gonna play honor, you probably need to have uh, tower in the lineup instead of harmony, because uh, you still have flint who can still threaten your goals well enough, and honor can always threaten the goals. Um, but you need to be able to fight a little bit more. I mean, unless you're gonna try to go, unless you're like one of the people who plays mist in masons and you're going to go all out and just play all strikers and, and whatnot, um, which could work. Uh, but I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it's, yes, veteran rage can be, uh, can be beat by a team that can like score quickly and spread out like a shark fish. I just don't know that you're as good at it as shark fish. So you might as well play to your strengths. Um, and that mixed game is their strengths. So I would probably bring, uh, the same. If I was going to bring honor, I mean, I would probably bring him. But if I was going to bring honor, it would definitely be with tower instead of harmony. Um, 
but yeah, that game. So my big tech piece in that game was uh, Hemlock. Uh, and the reason for that was counter charge is a really good ability for melee on melee. Like melee t- fights to force me to, you know, your opponent to come into you. And that's where its power lies and it makes you engage like non-optimally. But um, what Hemlock does, especially against Masons, is the blind, you know, blind on honor, blind on hammer, blind on mallet, anybody is fantastic um, for, you know, controlling them. And then you also have uh, you also have Noxious Blast, so I can throw out poisons and, you know, the models are relatively easy to hit. So you start getting damage out, poison out, um, and you blind people, and you just keep doing that. And since Masons have no character plays, it basically forces them to commit to you, um, or at the very least not get the optimal setup. They can't just hang around and force you to come to them. You, even if they have the ball, you can always be, uh, you know, chipping away at them. And if if you if you're able to chip away. And then at the end of a turn, you, you know, maybe run missed it to clog up the counter charge models. And then you go in the next turn with Vet Rage, you're going to go and kill people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, go for it. No, I was just going to say, like, man, the uh, potential for Union to kill multiple models in one activation is just immense due to how, like, Rage works. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and so... <laughs> Brian ends up going for a very cool looking, uh, I wouldn't call it janky because it wasn't like any of it was unreliable, but just uh, he, I think he felt like he needed to get gold pressure going, um, unfortunately, which kind of just surrendered the fight a little bit, but he had, uh, I had received the ball and I used it to pass around and I ended up dodging gutter up with, after passing, um, because I knew, I'm pretty sure I knew I wasn't going to score the first turn. Uh, and I didn't want him to... Uh, he ended up kicking off with Harmony because of the fact that I had uh, Blind there, so he didn't want to kick off with Flint and then get blinded, so that it was a really useless Flint. Um, but yeah, but basically what I ended up doing was getting Gutter up there and doing some chip damage to Harmony and uh, then passing the ball together, like basically giving him him the option to go steal it, which he did, uh, and he got it back, and he ends up doing a linked activation goal with Harmony, where he he gets pass to dodged up, quick time or quick time pass to dodged up, run, sprints through like three models and like to the edge of their melee, and then acrobatics out, uh, right like threads the needle right between my scrum. And then takes the shot. Uh, and he scores, which is great. And, you know, he's there. But then the ball comes back out and it's kind of dead uh, over to, you know, to one of my players. And um, I'm able to basically at that setup, uh, what ends up happening? I end up getting a goal at the end of the bottom of the turn with Mist and putting Mist engaging Brick and Honor. And then Vet Rage ends up going into. Uh, he ends up bringing Flint down to one health. So then top of the next turn, Flint, uh, I'm sorry, Vet Rage goes, kills Flint, 
charges Honor and does 13 damage, which is exactly how much life Honor had left, killing Honor, uh, who had a six stack on her. So, uh, hey, it was pretty, pretty much over at that point. Um, but yeah, so, so we end up when that game ends up 12 to four, uh, and yeah, and it felt good, and that was that was day, and they winning. Was, I well, congratulations! Thank you. I didn't choke in the finals. That was big, the big uh, <laughs> change from normal. So yeah, I mean, overall, super fun event. We hung out afterwards. I ended up playing Pete in a game versus his hunters that evening. So I got seven games in that day, because um, we had agreed that we had wanted to play a game, and we never got matched up in the tournament. So we ended up playing. But yeah, it was a great, it was a great time. Then I got up super early about 4 45 the next morning so i could drive an hour and a half to the airport and get on a early flight so gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. how's the uh how's the flight terrible okay i slept the whole way slept through it. yeah i slept yeah, through it. yeah <laughs> it was nice and easy not a long flight uh but yeah so i uh, felt really good with union really good with vet rage but what i think i wanted to kind of talk to so some of the things i had noted people saying and there had been some discussions on the Gilball discord about um models to take with uh vet rage and there's definitely a lot of i think variable uh, variants in what people are taking um in and really good players too like so you know currently uh henry k is a top ranked union player in the world it was you know he was talking about removing mist from the lineup or maybe having mist but you know trying to uh, experiment with some other models but what a lot i think it was mentioning not being in the six i don't think he would remove it from the 10 he was thinking about removing it from the 10 at first Hmm. and then he realized that was a bad idea uh but then it was yeah then it was not always in the six um but basically the, the idea that i got so what the comments of people made were like oh like, you know, you play Mist. You played Mist in every game. Like, oh, that's I didn't. That's interesting. You're know, not like weird or bad, but interesting. Um, and I th- kind of, when I was thinking about like why I was doing it uh, and why that was what I wanted, it kind of came to this idea of having a flexibility in your game plan, in your like lineup, just in general the idea of flexibility. Uh, my reasoning for it is vet rage and you know you don't need a ton of models in vet rage that kill people really hard you need a couple you need vet rage you need like a model like gutter that kills people and you need a setup model like benediction to get crowd outs and push models around right from there you can have whatever you want of what were you gonna say chris no no i wouldn't say anything other than like yeah, I think that it sounds about right every time I go to approach a union team. But yeah, so like you could bring more killing models or like a control and a kill. You could bring, you know, decimate and um, hemlock. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like it's vet rage. I want to fight. I want to kill. Or especially if I if I'm receiving I, or if I'm kicking. You know, like I don't need this model or I don't need that model. But um, for me, like being able to have the flexibility of bringing a team that can do anything even if it 
has a preferred play style is like super important. Um, kind of why I liked engineers, why I like masons. I think I like to gravitate towards those kind of teams where it's like, hey, mist is on the field. I always have a good snapback goal provided mist hasn't activated or isn't dead. And I always have a model I can get the ball out to who can kind of kill it for a turn or two until I'm ready to score. And I always have a model who can go in and pressure the ball and and tackle it and score if I need to, you know, if I start losing a fight or if things go, you know, I have to kind of reassess. And I feel like if you don't have that flexibility in your lineup or in your game plan, just how you're approaching the game, regardless of what team you play, although definitely some more than others, it's, you know, you're going to find yourself in situations that end up not working out for you or being more challenging because you have you're you're trying to stick to this you know rigid approach and that's not what the table is throwing at you yeah your opponent only has to stop one plan if you don't have a flexible plan yeah exactly and you need the models to do that like if you don't have the right models, then you don't really have a great flexible plan um, I mean, I, I think a great example of this is I see people who bring like a like a hunter's list who that doesn't have um, like a real. I mean, a, a striker. Not that they have a great striker anyway, but like you know, a hunter's list that doesn't have either like Zarola um, to speed up a player to make them score, or Egret, or both. But like, if you don't have a good goal threat. Um, then you can control me and you can maybe do some damage, but you're not going to easily score goals, so I don't have to worry about that. So it's I can focus on beating you at the other thing or eh, beating you at the thing that you're not good at and you can't really respond that well. Right. I mean, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts? How do you incorporate this like flexibility? Do you incorporate flexibility? Is that a conscious decision? Yeah, I, I incorporate a flexibility into everything I can do, possibly. Um, and that's actually when things start getting interesting to me. Like, I mean, you got, with Fish, you got Corsair being able to flex into, he has anywhere from three goals to four takeouts, you know. Mm, um, definitely. Less so on the four takeouts nowadays, but... I, mean, I you, never crutched on Everest, so... As long as you're not hitting hoist, you can totally get four takeouts with with Corsair <laughs> still. And then, I mean, rats, they're... I, they're kind of flexible. I don't think they're as flexible because uh, they have some weaker uh, ball recovery. They're all, like, topping off at nine without, like, having a telegraphed reverie beforehand. Um, but... Like Brewers Lucky is probably one of the most flexible pieces in the in the guild at the moment. Played I played him and I think almost I think every game of Brewers that I've played since he's been released. Yeah. And yeah, there's just I don't, I don't know, I think I think if you, even with like Shark, you wanna have some kind of plan to get takeouts even if it's not momentous or you got to do push outs to do it i just don't uh running after three goals or six takeouts is just 
They and uh, the developers have said that they want those to be fairly uncommon results and results. They want it to be more towards the two two, four one ish. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I don't know if this is a bulk claim or not, but I I think really any team, any team should that I, at least that I can think of should be able to and prepare to you should go into it thinking that I could score four one or it could score two two. Now obviously some teams like a shark fish might be a pseudo exception to this. You're probably gonna lean towards three zero slash two two. But at the same thing, like those two game plans. Um but most team right. most teams in the game, I think you should be prepared to either win by four takeouts uh, and one goal, or or you know, or the equivalent if you have casket or whatever, um, or two takeouts and two goals. Like you need to be able to do that, um, or at the least skew one way. And I think skewing towards goals is more re- realistic. But like you can't be just a three zero team. Um, you also can't just say like I'm a four one team and I will only ever score one goal because there will be games where. It will take you too long, or you won't be able to get four takeouts. But you can get two goals. Like even if right. you're a fighting team, you can. Even if you're Brewers, if somebody gives you a nice, easy lucky goal on a turn where you're already up on momentum, take the lucky goal. You know, provided it's not like an opponent who's already at eight points or something like. And uh, lucky or sorry, Friday is what I was talking about. But either way, lucky or Friday, either way, um, take that goal, and then. You still can threaten your four one, but now you also can threaten that ball again and go for the two two. Yeah, like I won several of my rage games on the weekend two two, not even four kills. Um, right, and that's just because the fact that I was killing models and killing key models meant that the ball was more open to me and people were trying to score against me, but I still had missed, so I could still score. And still get it two goals and end games nice and quickly. Yeah, you're not really stuck in it. And when they uh, when they flex to, so like they're not going to try and outfight a veteran rage union like out of the gate. That's not going to be their default plan. So if you have some way of threatening the fact that hey, I'm going to get these slingshot goals uh, every single time that you get one, more or less. Uh, then that's helping cut off their other game plan. So now they've got to find a way to out outfight Vet Rage and outscore Mist, which is challenging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the big things I heard people saying, like when they were talking, like, "Oh, how do you play into Vet Rage?" And I heard people giving advice, like, "Oh, you got to spread out. You gotta, you can't get sucked into the scrum." <laughs> but yet. And this isn't a knock to any of the players. They're all really great players, but they all got sucked into at least some sort of scrum, even if they were making active efforts to spread out because, I think, or at least in part, this is my hypothesis on it, I had missed. I had other, you know, in some, I had decimated one of the lineups or, you know, or minx out on the wing. I had models that were um, threatening the ball and threatening a more flexible game plan. So you couldn't, just do that so you couldn't just spread out and completely ignore me because then sure you'd get a goal i would take the one to two takeouts of the models that i that vet rage can get to and then from there 
um, I'm going to score goals too. <laughs> like, you know, you, could, you you couldn't just do that. You couldn't just ignore it. So what most people end up doing was, you know, trying to spread out, but then also still fighting and trying to, you know, do a little bit of both. And I think that's the ultimately the right way to play, but it was also, you know, the way I wanted them to play. Um, if I had a team that was slower or just focused, like, you know, focused on one aspect of gameplay like just i'm playing vet rage i need to kill models and i'm not protecting the ball or threatening the goals from with the ball then it would have been a lot easier for people to you know go around and avoid that so yeah more moral of the story is there Mm -hmm. is there a guild that you think struggles to uh play a mixed mixed game um Brewers can struggle uh, in into it. It's definitely a lot better, I think, if they receive. I could be wrong on that, but um, it's yeah. It's just the fact that they don't have the dodges, at least not until decimates out, means that like if a player kills the ball to the right turn, it's pretty challenging for the Brewers player to get that ball unless they're like yeah, unless they're dominating the table so hard. Um, other than that, I think farmers for yeah farmers it might be kind of hard to play. Although you can just play a Thresher and he can always play that mixed game. But I think a Grange farmers lineup would be pretty hard. You ha- you're pretty stuck to that four one, which I think is a, yeah. a weakness of the team. Um, and then probably the next hardest is hunters. Um, they have some options, but just nothing that's really shiny for scoring. I mean, unless they're taking... I think Minx, Minx really helps out in that aspect. Regular Minx or veteran Minx? The new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Veteran. She totally will. Yes, 100%. That they will change it completely. They will finally have an option that can score decently well. Um, But, yeah. So, I think I think those are the main teams that uh, post-mist uh, uh, morticians... Obulus morticians can kind of have a problem doing it. I mean, because they can do it, they can definitely do both. There's, they are flexible. Just sometimes, uh sometimes those Obulus goal runs are are so janky. <laughs> yeah, being flexible with them is has a lot of low odds uh, moves. Yeah, or a lot of moves that, like, yeah, you just gotta like, yeah, you can't just go and do it like. Their flexibility is you have to be controlling the board. Like, you have to be in an advantageous board state because of the control that you're doing in order for their flexibility to play. Like, Obulus can go and, you know, score from the world away and get it off your models and stuff like that. But you need to be kind of, dom- you know, controlling the board and dominating the the way the game state is, uh, you know, the the game is playing so that Obulus can go and do that. Because at the end of the day, he's still rolling at most a, you know, an 87.5% goal, uh, goal shot. So, with the bonus time. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I think, uh, I think morticians are going to be moderate. Like, I don't... The... Hemlock has a decent tackle... It's actually a good tackle. It's uh, a fantastic. Tackle one, yeah, I believe, yeah. Right? yeah, it's momentous, two-inch yeah. reach, and tackle That's pretty decent. One. That's really decent. 
Um, but she's got the she's got the uh, two inch melee that helps recover the ball. I think she's gonna be really good for ball recovery. Not so great at scoring, so to say, I because mean, it'll be like very linear goal threats. Sure, and she still has a twenty inch goal goal threat, but she has to. Have yeah, the, she she does have to have the ball for that. Um, right, it like. But she's gonna have a hard time stealing it and then going and scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For where sure. right now they're sure. they're kind of stuck with just Obulus on that. I mean, and Scalpel, but yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. Scalpel. I, I think <laughs> it should, should, I think she'll actually make Scalpel a lot better because um, Midnight Offering on a seven inch jock model is is uh, no joke. Oh yeah, that'll uh, that'll be interesting. Midnight Offering second wind. She could be. Uh, she could be everywhere. <laughs> so, scalpel will move like uh, something like twenty-three inches before dodges. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah. Beautiful. Uh love it. Um, that'll be fun to play. It'll be fun. So, uh, excited for spring fling. I know we keep talking about it. People have already heard. They know yeah. that it's happening two weeks i am uh bill has officially said that i have uh a rat catcher's box being held at huzzah hobbies so i can oh you're gonna play go there fresh and out buy of the them. box yeah fresh out of the box just as steamforge intended it nice <laughs> except for the veteran graves i'm bringing along what if uh what if i spray paint them black as soon as you get them and then they're illegal uh, I think that breaks the rules, because then they're not they're not painted. That's but they're not raw. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. What if I what if I do huh. that to you? I think that constitutes vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Excellent. Oh man, but that'll be fun. And uh, have you settled on your guild that you're gonna play? Yeah, I'm gonna play Union. I've been enjoying them. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else do we have in news? There's a uh, tournament that I'm going to be missing for a field trip again tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the week after. I don't know. <laughs> At some point in time. Got a lot of schoolwork, man. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Understandable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Should we move on to what a uh, few questions we have? I mean, do we have any? Uh, we have one, and then we have one left over from the uh, last podcast. Um, sure. All right. So the first one comes from uh, Chopper Bear, and he is asking if there is going to be uh, officially released the game plans at the same time as Rat Catchers, and the official answer is yes. It was and literally answered... Two yeah, it was literally answered. Minutes. Jamie Perkins stole our thunder, man. Okay, I think he was actually just asking and not asking you. I don't know. I don't know. That was oddly timed question. <laughs> All right, what's <laughs> and our then other the one? other question that we had was uh, from Dan White, and it was uh, who is your daddy and what does he do? And I had to look this up. Or you didn't. And apparently, you don't, you don't there's know. a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movie thing going on. You don't know that reference. Um, you don't know Kindergarten Cop. 
No, I do not know Kindergarten Cop. Oh, my God. This is the first I've heard of this. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So, homework assignment after you finish all your other schoolwork. Watch (laughs) all of the, like, trashy but awesome, like, Arnold movies from the 90s and, and 80s, too. But, yeah, everything from... You should watch everything from Pumping Iron to I God I don't know what the most recent one is I guess he's done Expendables but I whatever the latest one is like when back when he was like you know I don't know in the nineties so watch just watch all of them because they're fantastic I'll try I'll try but I don't know I missed a lot of those uh, movies because I really only watched cartoons until the X Men movies started coming out yeah all right get some culture watch some Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> And uh, we'll talk to everybody another time after Chris has uh, had it like a, you know, some education in classic American uh, film. I don't know about all that, but I will talk to you guys again. All right. Have a good night. You too.